any business that is not producing profit is not business. Can you say amen to that? Because the purpose of business is to meet needs and make money. Praise God. I said praise God. Last week we talked about people who say they are in business, but there are some people in what is called busyness. That means they are busy meeting needs but not making money. That's they are into busyness. That's not business. Some people are into brokenness. Brokenness means they are not meeting any need. They are not making any profit. They are brokenness. Can you say an amen to that? They were talking about bulliness. Bulliness. These ones, they are frauding people without meeting any need. Frauding people of their money. Those ones are bulliness. But business is that you meet needs and you make profit. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? So today we're talking about the principles of making money. But before I start there, let me tell you something. There's, you know, sometimes people say that, have you heard somebody say this to you? Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Have you heard that before? Now that's a lie. Jesus never said so. Some of you are looking at me, oh! Some say, ah, boy, it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. Hold on. <laughs> Let's go to the Bible. So I will see what Jesus actually said because I've even heard pastors say it. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Jesus never, in fact, one day I want to do hashtag, things Jesus never said. Because there are so many things that Jesus never said that we say in church. And we even believe, in fact, we say it with so much confidence, but it's a lie. Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Put it on the screen. This, I did not write this scripture. I did not invent it. In fact, this scripture existed before I was born. So let's just say exactly what the Bible says. Not my opinion, not my idea. What the scripture says. Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Let's see what Jesus actually said. Now everybody read one to go. Read again one to go. Jesus said now, now if you read the previous verses like 32, 33, Jesus was talking about money because the word treasure there was actually referring to money because he was talking about don't store up your treasure where month and Jesus can eat it. He said, store your money bags. He said, store your money bags. He explained the money bag to be the treasure. How many of you know that your money is your treasure? Huh? How many of you know your money is your treasure? So he says, where your money is, where your money is, that's where your heart is. That means your heart goes in the direction of your money. So if you want to know where your heart really is, what are you supposed to do? Check where your treasure, your money is going. It's as simple as that. So for instance, if you want to know if you are truly, if you have a heart for God, if you want to know if you have, actually have a heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ, check where your money is going. Praise God forevermore. How simple is that? So for instance, I cannot say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you, Lord. If I was singing, I'm crying. Every step that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way. So say, God, I give you my heart. But the pockets, I don't give you that one. Your heart is not there. Praise God. One of the first steps God will use to get your heart is to get your treasure. Hallelujah. If God cannot get your treasure, he cannot get your heart. Hallelujah, praise God. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there will, be your, your, there will your heart be also. So your heart is the also. Your treasure is first. Hallelujah. 
Somebody say, well, I don't know how to get involved in a church. Get your money inside. It's as simple as that. Get your money inside. You have to be inside. Hallelujah. Why do you think people take their business seriously? Because their money is inside. Are you seeing the connection now? Anytime you see somebody taking something seriously, have you not seen some guys when they've invested money inside some babes like that and the girl is not giving return? Their heart, their heart is there. In fact, they can kill that girl if the girl is not taking. They say, after all the money you're collecting from my hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now we're talking about the principle of managing money. Now we're entering managing money today. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now the culture of managing money is one that many have not been taught. And like I explained to you last week Sunday, I said to build wealth, you have to know how to make money, how to manage money, and how to multiply money. If you must be wealthy, you must learn how to manage money. Because it takes management for money to grow. Everybody say it takes management. Somebody if you have life, say it takes management for money to grow. So managing money is an art of matching income to expenditure in such a way as to create a room for investment. I'll say it again. What is, when we're defining managing money, what does it mean? Managing money is the art of matching income to expenditure in such a way to create room for investment. Do you have it written down? i say it again. Managing money is the art of matching income to expenditure in such a way as to create room for investment. Managing money is a skill that has to be learned. It's a skill. Just like you went to school to learn medicine or you went to school to learn law or whatever you learned to school. It's a skill that can be learned. Managing money is the art of matching income to expenditure in such a way as to create room for investment. Do you have everything down now? Can I move on? So now because, let me tell you why. Many people, they, they, they move from paycheck to paycheck. And they are unable to match income to expenditure so that they'll be left over. This is the reason why some people are always in debt. They are always owing somebody money. They are always owing people everywhere. Now, tell somebody there are three zones in the human life. Tell your neighbor there are three zones humans live in. Number one, debt zone. Tell everybody say the debt zone. The debt zone, D-E-B-T, when you are owing, debt, you're always having debt, the debt zone. Now, what is the debt zone? In this zone, expenses always exceed income. <laughs> their, their, their expenses is always more than the income. They spend more money than they earn. So these people in this zone, they are always in debt because they are always borrowing. They are always borrowing. Now, there are two kinds of borrowing. There is borrowing to exist and survive. And there is borrowing to invest. Two types of borrowing. Now there is nothing wrong with borrowing money to invest. I mean, even some of the, the billionaires in the world today, they borrow money. That would they borrowed more than $9 billion to build a refinery. Praise God. He borrowed the money. But that's borrowing money to invest. Are you following? But who they borrow money to exist and survive? This is what I'm talking about. But if, if, if you're borrowing money to invest and it's done wisely, 
That's fine. But the people in debt zone, they borrow money to meet their needs. So how they borrow money for survival. Some people that they are so in debt that even before the paycheck even comes, they've already spent the money. Have you some people like that? They've spent the money ahead of the income. As the money just comes in, debits, minus, minus. Some people even in their account, they've already spent money. As the money enters, the bank is removing their money immediately. That's the table everybody say debt zone. Say debt zone. Say debt zone. This is the worst zone to be. The worst zone to ever be in. Number two, survival zone. Survival zone. The survival zone is people in this zone, they barely survive because expense is equal to income. So their expense is 20,000, their income is 20,000, 20,000 minus 20,000 equals to what? Equals to what? Zero. So this is where they have enough to meet their needs but never have left over. Some of them even have a stable income. Some even have a stable income, but they've not learned how to grow their income. Or, have not even begun to grow it in the first place. Can you say amen? Now, there are those in the world zone. Say, that's me. I'm in the world zone. Say, world zone. Now, in the world zone, their income far exceeds their expenses. That's world zone. People in this zone, they have left over from their income to invest. And most of them will also have what is called multiple streams of income. Can you say amen? So therefore, in order to build wealth, your income has to far exceed your expenses. In other words, your expenses have to be below your income. And if you don't know how to manage your income, you will never be wealthy. Can you say amen? So for instance, you can see a man um, who can buy a car of 50 million. Are you following? He said, this car is too expensive. But if his income far exceeds his expenses, he go ahead and buy. But you cannot be earning 10 million naira annually as salary. And then you buy a car of 20 million. And it's not for transport business. Something is wrong with you. You are in the survivors. Maybe very soon you enter debt zone. Because why? Your expenses is far exceeds your income. Can you say amen? Because not just buying the car. Sometimes you won't be surprised if you calculate the money you have spent to maintain the car. It may be even more than the money you used to buy the car. Some people don't check those things very well. I don't know before you buy a car, ensure you have money to manage the car. Because one day they'll tell you fuel has finished. You have to buy fuel. Next time they'll tell you tire a bus. You have to change tire. One day they'll tell you that something happened somewhere. One thing has spoiled. It'll tell you 20,000, for you know 30,000. One season, I just pay 100k on cars. Can you say amen? <laughs> so now, we're talking about managing money. First, you have to cut down your expenses. In order to manage your income, you need to cut down, cut down your expenses below your income. Hello, are you still here? Now, how do you do this? Number one, write this down. Save before you spend. Everybody says save before you spend. Everybody says save before you spend. In order to cut down your expenses, you must save money before you spend money. Because, and listen, listen, I don't care how much you earn. Whether you want to earn is 1,000 naira. Eh? Whether you earn 1,000 naira monthly, save money before you spend money. The reason why many people don't save is because they don't see saving as a debt. 
every listen, I, I have this quote that I wrote. Every man owes the saver's debt and will never be saved from debt unless he saves as a matter of debt. Until you start saving as a matter of debt, you will never save. You know, for instance, if you are owing somebody money, right? Any money that comes to you, if you are a sincere person, what you want to do is that you want to start saving as debt to you, to yourself. Say, okay, I'm going to save 50% of my income, for instance, right? Minimum. You save, at least you save nothing less than 20% of your income. Whatever you're earning. So, if somebody gives me 1,000 naira now, right? What do I do? I remove 200 and save it. Save it as a debt. I keep it there. Let me tell you why. Even if you didn't get the 1,000 naira, you survive anyhow. Am I, am I talking in this place? You will survive anyhow. So, treat, treat as a debt. The moment you collect 10,000, save 20%, save 30, save, depending on what you want to do. But start having, you must have this culture of saving. You must have that culture of saving. Can you say amen? Because if you don't treat saving as a matter of debt, very soon you enter into debt. You will remain in debt if you are not careful. And, if, and you will not have money to invest. That's the problem. So you must save from what you receive. Say you must save. Say I must save from what I receive. Now sometimes because the word investment is always limited. Some people when they think of investment, they are thinking of real estate or stock market. No, there's more to that. I call it, in fact, there's the word is called saving to spend. Everybody says saving to spend. Now let me explain what saving to spend is. Saving to spend is like I hire a driver to drive my car so that I can spend time to read. Maybe because I'm planning for an education program and because like if you're in Lagos, for instance, you can drive three hours, you're not careful on the road. Not like here. Yeah, you don't need driver because everywhere is free. Some cities, if you, if you don't have if you don't have driver, your whole time is gone. You don't have time to read, you don't have time to study. Now that one can be saving to spend. So this money is saving now. He wants, it's basically like an investment because he wants to buy time. Let me tell you what rich people and poor people do. Let me tell you, rich people, right, they spend money to save time. Poor people spend time to save money. Some, some people did not hear me. They spend, unless, let me tell you something, money is unlimited, time is limited. Every human being in the world has only how many hours? How many hours? But guess what? I can have more, more than 24 hours in a day. How do I do it? I spend money to save time. I buy people's time. I buy their eight hours. I buy, so you see, a man has 1,000 employers. He has bought all their hours. So what he himself cannot do alone, 1,000 will do it at the same time. And he's making financial progress. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. Now, number two, we, what's the first one I gave you in, in, in cutting down your expenses? Save before. Everybody say, save before. Say, save before. What many people do is that they spend money before they save. That's the reason why they never save money. Someone say, well, you know, the income I have is too small. No! Listen, even if it's 100 naira you as your income, save. And when you are saving, save in percentage. Are you listening to me? Save in percentage. As your income increases, increase the percent of saving. So the minimum to start with is 20%. Start from there. Then you start graduating up, up like that. Because as you are any more income, you reduce your expense, you increase your savings, you increase your giving. Can you say amen, somebody? Number two, buy what you need, not what you want. Everybody say, buy what you need, not what you want. If you want to cut down your expenses, 
below your income, you must buy only the things you need, not the things you want or not the things you like. For instance, just because you like to buy suya, your income is 5,000 naira, and you saw chicken suya somewhere, they told you one chicken is 2,5 with uh, chips and masa. Then you carry 2,5, and your salary is 5,000 naira. You carry 2,5. Brother, do you need that chicken suya? Do you need it? Later you say you are broke. Why won't you be broke? Because as I got that 5K, first thing, I save 2-5. I keep it somewhere. I save it. Now some people, right, they also have a bad culture of saving. Let me explain. They know how to save money. But when things are getting tough, they go and touch the saving and spend on their expenses. Right? That's the reason why very soon in this church, we're creating a system where you can save money. We're creating... Um, uh, epicenter um, cooperative something like that we're going to start it this month praise the lord so we'll give you an account you just send the money there you register your phone put the money inside when you want to collect the money eh, you answer question so that you must prove the case so that because it's to help you are you following because some people there i mean some people will save money save money one day in fact let me tell you i have one account like that eh, that i cannot log in online before I end, before I, before, before I get money for that bank, I have to carry myself to the bank and I hate going to bank. And then I have to start filling form. So because of that stress, I just forget. In fact, I, don't, I believe I don't have the money there. The money is just, so there's nothing you want to tell me in this life that will make me to go and touch that money because I can't touch the money. Are you getting the point? My wife is very good. My wife can save money, eh? save money that even me, I'm short. And there's nothing that will make her touch that money. Because it's a culture. So if you have not built that culture well, you can start getting help from us. Praise the Lord. So very soon. So everybody that wants to join. And what one thing we also want to do in the future is that someone put that means save money. You start getting some. Um, we will also invest the money. So you can also get interest of the money too as well. Can you say amen? So you start to start saving. Tell everybody save money. Don't spend more than you earn. Uh-huh. Buy what you need, not what you want. Tell somebody, buy what you need, not what you want. Some people cannot save money, but they are looking for money everywhere to start business. But they spend thousands yearly on television, cable. They buy DSTV. Pay for which, which brand? Compact plus or premium. In fact, one day I, I noticed that the channels on premium, DSTV premium, I don't watch most of them. And I noticed that the ones that they watch in mass mostly is on compact plus. I reduce it immediately. I cut that that expense. Hallelujah. So that I have money for something else. You go to a market, they tell you something is saying 5,000 naira. Somebody else is saying the same thing, 2,5. Because you want to show that you have money, you buy 5K, you are foolish. You're a foolish man. You did not say, listen, you're a foolish man. Look for the negotiated price things, negotiate it down. Get the best value of your money. Hallelujah, somebody. Don't be so foolish. See, that's it. You want to show that you're a big man. What well, rubbish is that one? How many you see that people that are rich, they always price things. You wonder, ah, we smile, all this money is price because he knows the value of money. One naira is a lot of money. If I gather one naira from one million people, that is one million naira. Praise the Lord. Just imagine you can do a business that every day are collecting 15 naira from 5,000 people every day. Do the mass. That's, that's more than 250k per day. All the charities that are charging in the bank, 13 naira, 20 naira. Think bank is not making money. They are making billions every month from transfer. You transfer, boom, they deduct. 
13 naira. You will do this one. Boom. Now they, they, they want to call stamp duty now. Boom. Deducting money everywhere. I've never seen that. The, the banks in Nigeria are amazing. I've never seen more than that about them. Praise the Lord, somebody. So if you want to have leftover in your income, you must learn to manage your income by ensuring that your expenditure is far below your income. Can you say amen, somebody? Amen. What are the two ways to manage money? Number one. Say it again. Number two. Say it again. Say it again. So people put the want to buy the latest phone, Samsung, 400,000 naira. Who are you trying to impress? The people that are even impressing, they don't even care about you. They don't even care what phone you are using. As long as the phone can deliver what you need, buy the phone within your budget. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Don't try to force yourself to do things beyond your capacity. Tell somebody there's time for everything. When you see, I saw one video, when you see somebody who is ahead of you, buying some things, you two want to compete, you're on your own. The person has worked and built money and saved so much money. Now they have money to spend. You know, think about it. Imagine somebody has built a business that their business brings them 5 million naira per month. Are you listening? And they tell you that their, their expense is only 10% of their income. That's how much? That's how much? 500,000 naira. That means they have 500,000 naira to waste. I mean, to waste, right? Then the person goes somewhere just goes to one restaurant now, buys food of 50,000 naira. You say, ah! Maybe person say, I'm going to I want to do it. And your own income is only 50K per month. You have not even saved money. You have not even, you have not even saved, no, nothing yet. You want to spend your whole salary on eating food. So you feel like somebody that have entered big restaurant. Oh, oh food. Oh food. That's all I can say to you, oh food. That's the foolishness on the highest level. And this is the thing that has wanted many people that many, many people have gotten broke. Some people they, they are planning to do wedding. They want to do talk of the town wedding. And the person's salary is only 100k per month. But his budget for wedding is 5 million naira. <sighs> he wants to show talk of town wedding, community wedding. <laughs> when by, I, remember, I remember one guy, he spent 14 million naira on his wedding. 9 million naira traditional, 6 million naira, and why that's 15 million? In fact, 15 million. By the time they finish wedding, hmm, husband cannot stay with wife because he has to go and find work to pay debts. Because before he had to borrow money to do that. Start paying debts everywhere for almost one year. So every side entering your account, boom, wire transfer to debt. Boom, wire transfer to debt. What type of marriage is that one? Imagine marriage, new marriage now, frustration of, of debt. <sighs> debt already. Tell somebody, don't be deceived though. Because they, after you finish that wedding, all those people that are saying, spend money, spend, they will not call you again. They will not even say, let me help you, brother, and contribute. They will not contribute one couple. Because they will tell you they have their own problems too, as well. <laughs> Can you say amen somebody? <laughs> this life, mm, don't be deceived. But tell you, oh, spend this money, God, do your wedding to your capacity. Can you say amen? When you are financially capable, you can do what is called renewal or vow. Ten years after marriage, you can do big wedding as you like to your capacity because now you are buoyant enough to do it. Can you say amen? So because the marriage is for life, so why are you in a hurry to do wedding of times? Somebody says, once in a lifetime, it's a lie. Don't believe that lie. It's as many times as you want to do it. If I want to marry my wife today again, I'll carry her to the daughter. We'll do, we'll, we'll wear gown again. We'll do the same vow again. We'll do the wedding all over again. And we'll continue the marriage like that. Can you say Amen. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Give the Lord a shout this morning. Glory to God. What's our time? Oh, we still have time. Let's start because this next part now is the interesting part. The principle of multiplying money. I will not finish today, so I'll continue next to say better I start early. Because that one is a long talk. In fact, I'll even talk about business too as well. Don't let brother, sister, father, mother deceive you. They'll chop your money. Can you say amen, somebody? So some people that have been ruined from father, mother, sister, brother. Or in the name of, I want to help my brother, I want to help my mother, I want to help my sister. They collect money, you don't check the business, no business plan, no nothing. They'll tell you, I want to do your business. You didn't ask them where, you didn't study the business, study the location, you didn't do no research, no nothing. You didn't, they, didn't have, they didn't give you a business plan, nothing. Just tell you how to do your business. In the name of, you want to help, you want to help. They give the person the money, the person go and spend the money to buy iPhone. Then he can make cash. He say, let me go and start business. One month after business are finished. Am I talking in this place this morning? What I'm saying is not new. Am I correct? Ah, all right. Praise the Lord. So now we're talking about the principle of multiplying money. Everybody said the principle of multiplying money. Now, remember last week Sunday, I defined for you wealth. What is wealth? I said wealth is what? Wealth is what? A man is said to be wealthy when he has a continuous, automated, recycling, accumulating cash inflow backed by great assets. So a man is said to be wealthy, not because, ah, don't you make it nice to see you. You are strong now, right? Praise God for that. Uh-uh, we just spoke this morning. So listen, listen. A man is said to be wealthy when he has a what? A continuous, automated, recycling, accumulating cash inflow backed by great assets. So a man is not said to be wealthy if he only has cash. A man is said to be a man is not said to be wealthy if he only has assets, like he has properties, he has land, and all of that. Are you following what I'm telling you? When a man is said to be wealthy, he has great assets. That means he has lands, not land. He has houses, not house. He has properties, not property. Hello, somebody. And listen, don't say, well, you know, the income I have now, I don't have enough money to buy a house. It's a lie. You can start, you can plan yourself and tell yourself want to buy a house. Let me tell you a story. This was 2000 and, was it 17 or 16? When we were 17. Some, I, I was somewhere, somebody was saying that one guy came to meet him to buy a house. And, but he doesn't have money to buy it. So I told my wife about it. My wife said, go and check out the house. So I, and my wife was not in town. She traveled to Abuja for a, for a project. So I followed the guy. He took me to where the house is. I saw the house. I snapped the picture. I said it to my wife. She saw it. She said, let's buy the house. Hello, somebody. Now listen. When he said, let's buy the house, I, we did not have the money. In fact, me, I don't even have $10,000 to drop in the first place. Yeah? In fact, the money they gave us per diem, the first $100,000, she sent it to my account from Abuja. I took the money. I went to pay in, um, I went to pay installment for the land. Now, let me tell you the kind of favor we used to have. I signed contract with the guy. I told him I will pay you six months after the remaining balance. No, people don't do that kind of thing. To waste six months to buy land for you. I said six months, I'll pay you six months after. If I saw people telling the guy, you will not be able to pay. You, this guy cannot pay you. Blah, blah, blah. Talk you all manner of nonsense. I believe God. Tell somebody I believe God. There's no money from anywhere that will come. But I know that. And, and the house was not um, 500,000 naira. It's almost a million naira because it was not completed house. One million. Then, so I only deposited hundred thousand naira to the man's account. I told him six months after, I'll pay you 
the remaining 850,000. Um, this was March. April passed, no money. March passed, no money. June passed, no money. July, August, September, October entered. November, God opened the financial door. The money just came. Listen, God honored. The money just came. As the money came, there were expenses looking at me in the face. But I closed my eye. We said, let's go and pay the balance. We could have told the guy, we're not sure they just send us back our money. Are you following? But we paid everything and bought it. It was not easy to sweat like this, but I bought it. Say, brother, I bought it. Now, my money has increased in value. But I'm going to sponsor that now. I said, it's nothing than two million above. Can you say you met somebody? I remember the, one of the house we bought then. In fact, the owner of the house, we spent more than one year to pay him the house. We gave him deposit first of almost 10 or no, 20% of the, of the value of the house. He took, in fact, after six months, the guy said, In fact, and the man is not a Christian. It's allergic. He said, In fact, I don't know how, he said, I don't know how business before. Ha! How can somebody take more than why six months have passed? Give me your, and the man, let me tell you, the man, the man will, if, if the man has a contract with you, and you send him money, he will not touch one couple. What discipline? He will keep the money in the account there until you fully pay 100%. Because so that tomorrow, if you come and say, You know, I will just say, I'll take your money back and let me do my property. The man came and threatened us. You know, somebody asked his brother that wants to buy this thing now, 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 now. We told the man, calm down. We'll pay you soon. We'll pay you soon. We won't sign contract. We default the contract. We say we'll pay you soon. We continue like that. As the money is coming back, the money is coming back. That's in fact, lay hands on there and say, This house, nobody will buy, nobody will see you. People will go to the house, they'll go to the house, they'll say, they'll say, ah, they like this house, no money to buy. The man has no money to buy. And man, you want one day I say, we just do inside this house. We're laughing. We say we have put the Holy Ghost just on this house. This house belongs to us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's how we bought it. The second one, too, again, that's how we, the same way. But that one was later than one year. Six months we did it. There's a property that I bought at once. Are you following? I bought them at once. But there are some that took time. So don't, and let me tell you this, I learned this from my wife. Because before I was thinking that you need to have the complete money before you even start looking for land. No, no, a thousand times no, brother. In fact, in this area now, I've gone to go and look for some land. I entered one land, they told me the land is 45 million. I said, I will buy you in Jesus' name. I just tell me, I said, this land belongs to me. Nobody will buy you. In this area, I've gone there a massive land. And I'm believing God I'll buy it. The same way I was able to buy the one of one million, the one of five million, the one of four million, that's how I would buy the one of hundred million in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? So you've got to step out of faith. You're a child of God. You have the Holy Ghost in you. So you don't have limitation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So start thinking of investment. Think of not every money you have is for eating. Can you say amen? If somebody you bought have 100 k today, the money are finished. 200k. And you see the guy, the guy, if you check the guy's account balance, account, account history, the money that entered his account for more than one is more than five million. But he has nothing to show for it. The only thing he has to show is fine shoes, fine suits, fine phone. That's all. Are those things assets? No. You are not a wealthy man. In fact, you are soon entering to debt. Because very soon one day you go and buy one shoe. You tell the man, I'll pay you next month. Next month's salary will come here. I'll see you on that jacket. I will pay you two months after. Before you know, you are gathering debt. One day you start owing one million naira. You start hiding your face, hiding everywhere. You start picking phone calls. <laughs> Terrible life. Can you say amen, somebody? <laughs> say, I refuse to be in debt. So I told you, save before you what? Save before you what? I said, treat your savings as a debt to yourself. Every man owes the, the saver's debt. Every man. And until you treat savings as a debt, you will always be in debt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I told you, 
your saving must be in percentage. Start from 20%, take it up as high as you can. Some people today, they only live on 5% of their income. Like someone like Mazukabek, he only lives on 1% of his income. 1%. He gives 99% to charity. What a life. What a life. You know, Bill Gates started a mission. Every wealthy man must give at least half of his wealth to charity. Half. So he started giving 50%. Um, when Buffett joined, others joined. Mazukabek took it higher. 99%. That's what he does. Imagine somebody in his uh, charity. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then he lives on one billion. No, tell me, which life do you want to live with? One, one billion dollars is enough to live now. One billion dollars. What any type of life you want to live, you will live it in this life. If you want to live on the space, you'll be living on the air. Hallelujah, somebody. Praise God forevermore. I hope you have seen Mazika Beck with Gucci, with Gucci shirt. How many of you have seen with Gucci shirt? Can you afford Gucci? How many of you have seen with Rolex? Can you afford Rolex? How many of you have seen Big Gates with um, Versace? Versace cardigan. No, that one is small. Louis Vuitton t-shirt. One, two thousand dollars. One day I went to Louis Vuitton store. Pumps, pumps. They told me one thousand dollars. <laughs> I said pumps. <laughs> Go for a bit, but... <laughs> pumps. Then, let me tell you, and I saw t-shirts, t-shirts, t-shirts. It told me $1,000 for t-shirts, just because he has Louis Vuitton. What a brand. Then the bag, Louis Vuitton, but he said $2,000. Ha! T-shirts. Then I saw pouch. You know this um, men's, um, what they call this wallet? Wallet. Men's wallet. $500 for wallet. I said, I mean, the money inside this, this wallet was more than $500. So, if there's even to spend money, there are many things for you to spend money on. You can travel, can, in fact, when you want to travel, instead of entering the economy, take first class. I know we have entered first class, first class even before. First class is amazing. In fact, you feel like you're in heaven. In fact, the chair, you turn to bed, you turn to bed, you lie down. You know, I, let me tell you something. Somebody has paid for me before, praise God. So I've enjoyed flights. They'll come and serve you with champagne on the ticket there. Serve you with anything you want. Say, sir, at your service. When you're about to enter the plane, you'll be the first, you'll be the first to come out. The fact the is like heaven, they won't carry your suits. They will hang it for you where you want to hang it. So if there's money to spend, in fact, if you don't want to buy first class, hire private jets. They will collect your money too. To so fly from Yola to US, maybe like hundred thousand dollars. There's money if money to spend. There are so many things you spend your money with. So I say I refuse to be foolish. Say I refuse to be foolish. Until I've built something that is continuous, automated, recycling cash inflow that is also backed by great assets, then I'm wealthy and can start living that kind of life. Praise the Lord, somebody. I told somebody there's no luxury in buying private jets. There's no luxury in buying private jets. Why? If you are buying private jet, it's because you really need that private jet. Because let me tell you why. Just packing your jet in farm alone per day, they tax you. They tax you every day. To buy jet for the tax, you will pay the pilot on full salary every year. Minimum $50K, $1,000. Minimum. You will hire a, a staff to in the plane, maybe like two or so. There's no luxury in buying private jet at all. So you see, when they bought the private jet, because they need the private jet. Can you say amen? So when it's all these pastors that are buying private jet, that's why it's your business. Leave your poverty. Praise the Lord, somebody. 
Don't think about it now. Somebody needs to travel. Somebody needs to be in three places at the same time. Then um, uh, Emirate Ella will tell you that their flight is stopping by 2 a.m. And your name it is by 3 a.m. How will you do it? Or they, or they even cancel the flight. It's confusion now. Huh? Hallelujah, somebody. We will have our jets in the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody. But listen, listen, I told you, you only need things based on demand. For instance, if you are not traveling anywhere, why do you need jet? It makes no sense. In fact, why do you even need car in the first place? If you are not moving around. Are you getting the point? If you are only in one location, every day to say, what do you need car for? Enter KK. Enter KK. Enter KK. If you can carry your two legs and walk. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. Let me tell you something. When I was paying for the house that I told you about, eh? When I was paying for the house, I did not have car. I was entering KK. But I was gathering money to pay for house. To pay for house. I'm not, I'm not living in the house. I bought the house for an investment. Are you following what I'm saying? I have asset more than the car I'm driving. Praise the Lord somebody. Not that the car you are driving is, is the asset. Then you have no asset anywhere. The day you have access with the car, they tell you the, to fix the car 500k now. You, know, you are sweating. All the money you save, use the car and repair the car. Money is gone. Praise the Lord, somebody. Tell somebody be wise, be wise. Tell somebody be wise, be wise. Because some of you, you have wasted massive risk. You have wasted money. Wasted money. Some of you, when you were going to school, you had uncles that will send you 50k. That will send you 20k. That will send you 5k. Now, you finish school now, you are still broke. Ah, how could you have been broke? Because you were so foolish. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, let's go to the principles of multiplying money. Say the principles of multiplying money. It is the art of creating and discovering shorter circles of investments that have greater returns. Multiplying money is the art of creating and discovering shorter circles of investment. Open Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9 11. Open it quickly. So I said money, multiplying money is the art of creating and discovering shorter circles and longer circles of investment that have greater returns. It is the ability to multiply money that makes a man wealthy. So it's not enough to know how to save money. Hello? Now, let me tell you something. Saving money in the bank is not money that is working. It is money that is resting. Hello, somebody? So you must say, I have my savings in the bank. That's nice. But that money has to be multiplied. Remember the parable of Jesus about the five talent, the two talent, and the one talent. The one with the one talent, which is money, he went to dig the ground and hide the money in the ground. And Jesus told, and uh, sorry, the, the king told him, at least, at least, you should have kept my money in the bank. Are you following? So that I will get some minimal interest. Telling you that the worst place to keep your money is in the bank. Because money kept in the bank is money that is resting. Not money that is working. Hello? Are you still there? So it's nice. Start first, keep the money in the bank. Save the money somewhere. Like I told you, if you don't save money in the bank, in your own account, you can save the money in our savings account. Praise the Lord. So we'll start down very soon. Just save the money there. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. All right. So now, the level of wisdom a man functions is also determined by the level of wealth he will assess. The level of wisdom 
that a man functions in will also determine the level of wealth he will have access to. So there are five levels of wealth and there are also five corresponding levels of wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9 11. I'm going to show you something that you'll be shocked. You know it. Some of you can quote it. But I'm going to show you something that will amaze you today. Ecclesiastes 9 11. Quickly on the screen. I've told you guys more than three minutes now. Ecclesiastes 9 11. Is it coming up? I'll read why they put it on. It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. He said, but time and chance happen to them all. Everybody say time and chance. Now, isn't this very confusing? How many of you I've watched um, Usain Bolt running. Huh? When they run, when they do all those, they are 100 meters race. Who wins the race? No, who wins the race? When it's a race, now who wins the race? The fastest, right? But this video says that the race is not to the fastest. Huh? But in reality, in this our reign, the race is to the fastest. Who can run the fastest gets it. Are you following? Then he says, the battle is not to the strong. But in our physical realm, those that, can, that are the strongest are the ones that win the battle. He says, but yet bread to the wise. But normally, those that are wise are the ones that have bread. Are you following? Then he says, yet riches to men of understanding. Telling you that normally, in a normal sense, men of understanding are supposed to be the one with riches. Then men of skill are supposed to be the one that have favor. He said, the reason why it didn't happen the way I'm seeing it now is because time and chance happened to them all. Everybody say, time and chance happened to them all. So from this, we can see five levels of wisdom and five levels of wealth. Number one, he says, the ratio, if you are, if you are, if you are writing your book now, draw, draw like a table, a two table, two, two column, right? And then you, the first one you write, level of wisdom. Second one you write, level of wealth. Number one, level of wisdom, write swift. Life, write swift. Level of wealth, race. So if you are in the swift category, you get race. That's your level of wealth, race. I will explain. Number two, number two is what? Strong. Level of, level of, um, the level of wisdom is strong, right? Level of wealth, battle. Right, battle. Number three, level of wisdom, wise. Level of wealth, bread. Number four, level of wisdom, understanding. Level of wealth, riches. Number five, level of skill. Um, level of wisdom is skill. Level of wealth, favor. I do have it written down now. Then I can start explaining. I'll read again. It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battles of the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Now, I tell you the first level of wisdom is what? Is what? 
Swift. What is swift? At this level, people meet their daily bread by how fast they are. Have you seen people that are hawking on the streets? Huh? You see that when there's go slow and the cars begin to move, it's the fastest guy that can save the gala. Because everybody have the same thing. The person that can run the fastest is the guy that will make money that day. Are you following? The fastest guy will be the one that can sell the popcorn. The fastest guy will be the guy that can sell the bread. Because at this level, it is swift. How fast you can go. 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 So at this level of wisdom, life is a race. Meaning that they can be denied income or daily bread if someone else is faster than them. Praise the Lord. Are you getting it now? Number two, he says the strong. He says battle to the strong. Now, the second level of, of, of wisdom is what? Strong. At this level of life, life is a battle. Life is a battle. The, their income is determined by how strong they are. So the stronger one is the one who gets the job. So most, most persons at this level, they depend on their physical strength for survival. So you see, both, the, both the, the swift and the strong are many people that are in the laborer level of life. Are you following? Those that are mixing, they want to mix cement now. The strongest guys got to get more jobs. The day you mix one cement, you break down. Bye-bye. No money for you again. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm showing you now from scripture. Next level is what? Next level is what? Now the wise, the wisdom of this, they have moved beyond the swift and they move beyond the strong level. These are, they are wise enough to build a career. They are wise enough to choose a path. They are wise enough to have a job, for instance. Are you following? So most office workers, for instance, that have a monthly paycheck is because they are wise. Can you say amen? They always have bread. They have sustenance. So those are the, that's the level of, of wisdom. Wise. Are you following? Then the next level is man of understanding. Man of understanding. Now, a person at this level, he doesn't just have a job. Are you following? He doesn't have a job. He has understanding of the workings of the job. These are the people now that become the CEO of the company. Or they become part of the board of the company. Or the decision makers of the organization. So they are the, those that function as the men of understanding. So these ones have riches. Can you say men? So they don't just do a job. He understands how the job works. These are people that are head banks. That will be the CEO of a bank or CEO or CFO or whatsoever level. Are you following? Those are the C-level organizations. So they move from just having bread to have enough to the level of riches. This is why in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. It says therefore get wisdom. It says but in all your getting, get understanding. Everybody say get understanding. So that means being wise is not enough. You need to get understanding of what you are doing that will bring you riches. Can you say amen? Now there's a, there's the higher level. There's somebody higher level. It's called the level of wealth. Now is the last one skill. Everybody says skill. Now skill as used in this scripture refers to the ability to do extraordinary well. 
ability to do something extraordinary well. So this man is a man that's come into favor where he's able, is actually turning his level of wealth. Let me explain. So the skill he gains sometimes is through training and experience. Everybody say training and experience. So no matter what you do, while you are working, you need to gain experience. Say gain experience. Say gain experience. Because this makes you exceptional in what you're doing. And it brings you into the realm of favor. Can you say amen? Now what is favor? Favor is called preference, is called support, is called assistance. So the people at the first two levels, what are the first two levels? Swift and what? And strong. These ones, they are mostly laborers who depend on being swift or who depend on their strength to make a living. Then there are those who, who and these guys, they produce the lowest level of wealth. Now the next, so, so, so they produce race and battle. Everybody say race and battle. Now the people in the next level, they, these are those who have a job, who have a career for instance. So this, so, so those are these, so, and then they are, then those are the last level of skill. They are mostly those that are into business. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Now what's the problem? Why in this chapter of scripture, the race was not to the fastest? Why? What was the problem? The problem is time and chance. Everybody say time and chance. Say time and chance. Say time and chance. Many are swift, but they don't win the race. Many are strong, but they lose the battle. Many are wise, but they don't have bread. Many, many have, they are men of understanding, but they don't have riches. Many have skill, but no favor. This is something we see every day in our society. Am I correct? I mean, sometimes we see the best does not receive what is due them. You wonder, how can these things be happening? The problem is time and chance. Say time and chance. So, you need to learn the skill of beating time and chance. Can you say amen? Now, what is, what, what is the definition of time? Right time. Time equals season. Time equals season. Equals season. Then chance equals to place. So you have season, you have place. He said, because time and chance happen to them all. So time, you write season, chance, you write um, and place. So now, time plus chance, right? Time plus chance. <laughs> Mathematics now. This one is complex math. Time plus chance, write it, equals to opportunity. Equals to opportunity. So when a man is able to beat time, that is able to beat season, and is able to beat chance, which is place, when they're able to beat season and place together, it creates opportunity. Now, what is opportunity? Opportunity is simply being at the right place at the right time. The reason why the first guy who was supposed to be the fastest to win, the reason why he didn't win was because he was not at the right place at the right time. Can you say amen? So being at the right place at the right time is the only way you can beat time and chance. It's the only way a swift man can win the race. It's the only way a strong man can win the battle. A wise man can get bread. A man of understanding will get riches and a man of skill will get wealth. Can you say amen? Now there are two dimensions of place. I'm teaching here this morning. I'm teaching good this morning. There are two dimensions of place. Number one, 
the local, the, the locational place. Write the locational place. And number two, the altitudinal place. For instance, the people that God will send into your life, they are in a specific place. So therefore, you need to understand the season. The season so that you will make your locational changes when it's necessary. Hallelujah, somebody. And also, you need to also maintain the same altitude. The same altitude so that when your season has changed, it will also cost you an opportunity. And that means your altitude and your attitude also needs to change to match your season. For instance, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the Bible says, And of the children of Issachar, it says, There were men that had understanding of the times. The men had understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do. The head of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Can you say amen? So when your season changes, you, you have to know what change you need to go with it as well. Can you say amen? The stagnation of many people in their life today is because they don't have understanding of how to get to the right place at the right time. That's why. That's why. That's why. Now, how do you always get yourself to be at the right place at the right time? Now, listen. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are not like the rest of the world. Can you say amen? You can actually always be at the right place at the right time. You can always be there all the time. And to achieve this, you need to be led by the Spirit. Say led by the Spirit. Now, every believer that is saved can be led by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. For instance, most of the progress I've made in my life and mission today is because I'm led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. For instance, the reason why we bought that property was because I was led by the Spirit. The property that have come to me I have not bought. Even though it was cheaper, I did not buy. Because I was not led to buy it. No matter how juicy it sounds. Are you following somebody here? So, the reason why many people miss time and chance is because they are not at the right place at the right time. Proverbs 16 verse 9. It says, A man's heart devises his way. It says, But the Lord directs his steps. Until the Lord directs your steps, you'll be missing many things. You'll miss opportunities. But when God directs your steps, you'll just show up at the right place at the right time. Somebody, in fact, somebody you know, don't know from anywhere, you just enter one place. Persia, um, you're not talking about something. Say, I can do it for you. You know what the person anywhere? God just orchestrated the, the thing. He just arranged it, positioned it in that place. Praise God, somebody. Many have gotten contrast today because they were at the right place at the right time. Can you say amen? Yes, it happens that way. So how can you be led by the Spirit? Number one, speak in tongues and interpret. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. It says, I would that all men speak with tongues, but rather that they prophesy." He says, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh in tongues, except he interprets, that the church may receive edifying. So prophecy is often automatic when you speak in tongues long enough. 
when you speak in tongues a great deal of time, your speaking in tongues over a long period of time will equal to prophecy. Why? Because any tongue that is interpreted is prophecy. Because prophecy is me speaking inspired words of God that are immense understanding. Speaking in tongues is me speaking inspired words of God that are not immense understanding. So if I interpret the tongue I'm speaking, it equals to prophecy. Can you say amen somebody? Say amen. So your life will totally change if you learn to prophesy into your life. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you what happened to me years back. I, <laughs> I know if you have lost money before. Wait, let me see. You lost money? I know if you have lost like five million before. Uh-huh. So we are talking of loss. Loss is in degree. Me, I have lost more than that before. So, <laughs> and it's not as if we, it's not as if we're, it's not as if we're buying useless. No, we're actually doing uh, business. Yeah? But the business went in south direction. <laughs> we're expenses, paying salary, blah, blah, blah. In fact, promise of investment, blah, blah, blah. Everything just scattered. Now, when that happened, right, we entered what is called financial ruin. We got to the point that we cannot pay salary anymore. We got to the point that we cannot pay the office rent anymore. Everything has to shut down. Shut down. Then guess what? Then everything went down. Finance went down. Everything back to zero. I went to hide myself. Then I was in Kaduna. I went to hide myself. This years back. Hide myself for almost one year. No job, no income, no nothing. You know what I was doing every day? Every day I would open my online banking account, carry my ATM, carry online banking, my app, everything, open everything on the, on the bed. Only me. Then I'll be spraying tongues and speaking in tongues. Every day. I say I work in plenty, I work in financial abundance in the name of Jesus. Every day I was doing for one year. Every day for one year. Hmm. It's not a joking matter. That's why it's not a joking matter. <laughs> because let me tell you, as, you as, as long as you're a child of God, the devil will also want to fight your financial progress because you are his enemy, his number one enemy and target. So you may see those in the world enjoying their life. Don't you are in a different place, in a different level. So I said, I said, you you checkbook, I will sign you in, in seven figures in Jesus' name. I talked, I said you I will transfer millions. I started talking to bank account because Jesus said that we should preach the gospel to every creature. That means to chair, to fridge, to TV, anything. So if I can talk, Jesus spoke to three and the three responded to him. So if Jesus can talk to three, I can talk to bank account. Can you say amen? Tell somebody, talk to your bank account. Talk to your account. Talk to your business. Talk to everything that concerns you. So I said, talking to this account, talking to everything for one year. Every day, the night, I would do it. Every day, night, I would do it. For like 30 minutes. Every day, I was doing this. After that one year, everything changed. Hallelujah. God told me, go back to you. I pack all my things. Everything that I had in this life. Those two boxes. That's if I have plenty box. Those carry, <laughs> I carried two boxes. Came back to this city. I stayed with a friend of mine for like two or three months or so. I said, hey, most of the time I'm wasting the house doing nothing. I was just doing, checking your land, doing things. And then from there, that's how that's the day progressing. Before no, because see, opportunity, right place, right time. The Lord is directing my steps, right? First step, move back to Yola, right? I move back with my bag, with nothing. I didn't come back to Yola because somebody said, I have a job for you. I didn't come back to Yola because I have an uncle staying here. Nobody, no, no nothing. The only thing I have in Yola is that I studied here. That's all. Are you following? So I came back months after God connected me with this woman of God. Can you say amen, somebody? 
this beautiful, glamorous, excellent, amazing woman. From there, no, I'm telling you something. Even when this woman met me then, even five thousand naira, I cannot give her and say take, take and take and do you hair. I can't give her five thousand naira. Hello, somebody. Maraka la bara gilaba kusoto la mande like baya daragadi. I used that, and then from there, the Lord began to direct our steps together. And we are here today by the, by the grace of God. Can you say amen? So learn to prophesy. Tell somebody, learn to prophesy. Prosperity is not something for a few. It's for you. Can you say amen? Now number two, spend time to meditate on the word. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, The book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate during day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in it. It says, For then thou shalt make thy way. Who is going to make your way prosperous? Is it God or you? Answer. Read your Bible. Who is going to make your way prosperous? Who? So, He's telling you that you have a responsibility. Now he says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your heart. Is that what he said? Talk to me. Is that what he said? This book of the Lord shall not depart out of what? Out of what? He says, but you shall meditate day and night. So he's telling you that this level of meditation is not mind alone. It is mind and mouth. Then observe to do, follow what God is telling you. He says, then, he says, then you will, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So when you spend time to meditate on God's word, you will start making your way prosperous. Let me tell you what has happened to you. God will start giving you direction. He will start telling you to start this business. He will start telling you to meet this person. Let this person mentor you. Go and walk in that place and learn that thing. Go and take this course. Go and read that book. Are you seeing that? Wisdom will start telling you what to do. You are making your way prosperous. Praise God. It will tell you, go back to school. Go and acquire that higher education. Go and acquire that higher degree. Wisdom will telling you what to do part-time. And then you start making your way prosperous. You start having good success. So when you spend time to meditate on God's word, you will, something will begin to pop out of you. It's called Rema. Tell somebody Rema. It's God's specific word to you about the situation, about your time, about your season. And you need to speak it out boldly in prophecy. Praise the Lord somebody. Next Sunday we'll continue on the wisdom of business. Next Sunday I'm talking about business. Praise the Lord somebody. Did you learn something this morning? In fact, if we didn't learn anything today, when you go back home today, all the money you have been wasting, you want to tell God I'm sorry for wasting money. For today, I'll start spending on what I need and not what I want. Hello, somebody. Let, let me ask you one question. How many shoes do you need in this life? Confidence. Come. How many shoes do you need? Just one. Are you sure? How many shoes do you have? You have plenty. Hi. So go and sell all the shoes now. I only have one shoe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is there any of you here that is into shoe business? Any of you here into shoe business? No, you share shoes here. Okay? Any of you into clothes business? You start selling shoes. This guy has a... He has a shoe what? Shoe what? He has a shoe gacking of shoes. 
we see these guys, but we have more than 50 shoes. Oh God, God said them. Praise the Lord, somebody. I'm done this morning. I'm done this morning.